today on Pandavision. Myself and John Irons will take on episode three of Lovecraft Country, Holy Ghost. All that right for this ad we have no control over. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Welcome to Pandavision, the Stranded Panda podcast where we take a deep dive into the standalone geeky TV shows that we love. My name is Matthew Carroll, and today we have our guest back again from last week, John Irons of Captain Game Show from the Cosmic Potato Network. How you doing, man? I'm great. Thanks for having me back. Absolutely. I really, really seriously enjoyed our conversation last time. We got super in-depth on just the episode and the themes, and it just it was it was a very rewarding conversation. So pretty, really, really happy to have you back. Um, My pleasure. So let's let's just dive right in. What'd you think of episode three? So this is the third episode of this uh very emotional uh show. This is actually uh, the first episode that brought me to tears. Oh, really? Yes, I didn't. I didn't cry. Uh, you know, when Uncle George got killed, I didn't cry. Uh, you know, saying the horrible acts of of uh, racism. But when uh, Letty joined hands mm. with the ghosts. And shouted him out of the house. I, I like the music was. Oh, it got me. I'm getting chills right now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So that good. scene is intense as hell. And and, and when it's over, that's that, that, that's probably the most emotionally um, impactful shot for me was when it was over. Well, first of all, all of these characters uh, sort of reforming into their original forms. Yes, that really hit me hard. But then when it's all over and all the ghosts have been expelled and, and the, the villain has been defeated, Letty is standing there. And I don't think I've ever seen a more viscerally spent person. <laughs> like she looks yeah. fierce, but she also looks like she has just gone through something so hard. And like just the way she's standing and the way her clothes look, the way her hair looks. I don't know. There's something just really, really beautiful. Uh, and fierce about that moment, but also like the the amount of horror and work that she just went through to go through that or like to do what she did is very on display just in that purely visually, you know, her, her performance in this episode was incredible. Yes. And it's, and it's really, it's, I mean, it's totally her episode. Like, Absolutely. You know, take tickets, you know, supporting cast on this. It opens with her, uh, you know, Letty, like at, at church, she's listening to a po- poem. <sighs> she is. The, I, I listened to the, the, the podcast for this show and they, they said who it was. Was it and, her mother uh, maybe or her sister? I couldn't tell. It's, it's, it's poetry from a, from a trans woman. <sighs> but I don't, I don't, 
precious I, uh, I'm sorry to, to anyone who actually knows I apologize that I didn't write it down and I don't remember but hey you're good man you're the guest you and you're actually listening to the Lovecraft Country podcast I appreciate that I, I should do that <laughs> it's really good to have some inside information <laughs> uh, when it when it opened like she's sitting in the church and I was and I didn't you know because Uncle George died and stayed dead like yes. the the fact that Liddy actually died too, but got brought back mm. is kind of it's almost not forgotten, but it's kind of forgotten. Because oh well, she's okay, she's okay now. Mm, that's but a good point. Clearly, she's not okay. No, well, like she that, probably has like, some survivor's guilt from that as well. Like that's a traumatic experience, and you know that's kind of the theme of this episode. Are uh, or one of the themes that it seemed like they were dropping was, um, you know, the dead that didn't stay dead. Because, like, you know, they, they keep referencing Dracula, which is Uncle George's favorite book. Mm-hmm. Uh, and obviously the ghosts and ladies, who's almost kind of like a zombie. You know, I was, I was getting very strong um, Buffy going through the motions vibes from her. Like, yeah. And uh, she's. She's, I think I think she actually says when she's in the in the restaurant with Tick, she's showing him all the evidence of stuff. She's like she said she literally says I just wanted to feel something, but I just needed to yeah. feel something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that was that was her moment with Spike. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, that's really funny. You say that in my notes. The last thing I wrote was starting to feel more and more like Buffy. Uh, the yeah. whole the whole series, like the the sort of serialized nature of it is finally kind of coming, coming to me. Like I thought, and as we talked about last week, I thought the first two episodes were going to be the entire season. And now it's clear that it's not going to be the case. And it seems like they're going to experience a different style of horror movie. Every episode you had, that would be great. These like crazy monster vampires in the wood episode. Then you have this like occult episode that is going to continue to, you know, arc over the season with Christina and, um, and, and, and the, uh, oh gosh, what am I was trying to say? Christina and the language of Adam and all of that stuff. Yeah, yeah, the book, the book of Adam. Yeah, and and deciphering the language of Adam. That's that, clearly that's going to be a continued theme. But this episode was just a haunted house story. Like this was just a self-contained movie. You wouldn't have even had to have seen the previous episodes to get almost everything going on here. This could have been your first episode, and it would be like, oh, it's just them moving into a house. It's a scary house you know they right classic it's just like like looking at the old pictures and finding the finding out who's there who the who the ghosts are and all that stuff like that is straight out of like paranormal activity or any other house uh, you know haunted house movie or story right I, I thought that was it's just so cool that they're doing such good jobs of doing that and um Buffy, while I love it, did that exact thing, but it didn't always do them well. <laughs> like, <laughs> well, it, it, it often is it, lower budgets and a long time ago. But yeah, they had twice as many episodes to fill. That is true. That is very true. Uh, and that is, I'm always a proponent of less episodes when, when you can. Um, and I think this is a great example of just you know, super quality episodes that like feel like mini movies, you know? Yeah. And then also it continues your, uh, (laughs) 
I, I believe what you said last time, like if, if every episode they just come up with some creative way to kill some yes white racists yes down. exactly they they, they there always, you go. That's three three, that's three, three episodes down they have they have an encounter <laughs> with this paranormal uh and this time they killed a, a group of racists and they like uh well, exercised another racist like yes. <laughs> they like killed another one in the afterlife <laughs> So good. So good. So good. Man, I've got it. I've got the the episode playing in the background right now, as I often do. I, I literally just finished it. I, I just watched it again right before this. Oh, yeah. Again on mic. Yeah. I, I've, I've watched it twice already, and I, I often will leave it playing in the background just so in case I jogs my memory to talk about something. And I just mm. got to the part where the um, lady with the very disfigured face looks at her over the bed while she's sleeping yeah. oh my gosh so creepy uh, this is this is creepier than even the first two episodes this is a creepy creepy yeah. episode it, it is and and once again it is the uh, uh the white folks who are more of a danger hmm. to our heroes oh for sure and I mean, in this case, one of the white folks who's danger is a ghost as well. Yes. But in, in this, the um, the ghosts who they've been encountering this entire episode, where you, the ones you see throughout the entire episode, actually end up being her allies at the end. And I, I just you 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 said it the, the part you said you cried that that part is so powerful uh, when she you know says you're not dead yet you can still fight. And she calls them by name. She did the research. Like, yeah. and that's, and that's an, again, uh. you know, uh, you know, d- you know, the, the, the touchstone never forgets like, you know, the, the, the racial social context, you know, their names were taken from them. Yeah. They, they were, they went missing. They were, they were stolen and their names were taken and she gave them their names back and told them they're not dead yet. Well, and, and literally could, this doctor it, took their, you, you're talking about the, idea, yes, this doctor took their bodies and mixed them together as if they had no value in themselves. You know, they're not, they, they yes. weren't anything to him. Yeah. Oh yeah. I'm with you. You know, real life history of medical experimentation on black people in this country. Yes. Ah. <sighs> And it's so, oh man, it was so good. At no point was she horrified or disgusted or even afraid at the way that they looked. Like, like she was not, she, she welcomed them. She, and it's not just because she needed them to get rid of the white guy. She reached out to them. But yes, we gotta, we gotta exercise this ghost. Well, I guess, I guess we call the, um, the Santeria woman. And I, again, I apologize if I'm getting it wrong, but I think I, I'm not familiar with the with the practice. But it, it's all part of us. It's all still part of the same community. Make a weird reference here, but um, hmm. the Princess and the Frog. <laughs> I've actually never seen it. It's on uh, Disney Plus. I think Netflix. Is it is it good? I think at some point I just stopped watching kid like cartoons and kids movies, which I know there's certain ones I've really wanted to see and I just never did. It is a kids movie. So if that's if that's a reason enough to not watch it, then don't watch it. But it, I mean, it's pretty good. I thought. All right, cool. Um, but the the villain of the story, Doctor Fossilier, is a is a voodoo man. But he's never. But he is still integral to the community. Like, hmm. 
another weird reference. Aquila and the Bee. My, my point is, even these very different kinds of people who don't necessarily associate with... And, and Tick does it, too. Like, the shady guy who was at the bar in the other episode, when he went to the bar looking for dad, and he came out, and the guy's getting a blowjob. The guy that he asked at the bar, I think, is the same guy who says, hey, I want to talk to Letty. What's going on with you two? Oh, yeah, that's right. And it doesn't really say... I mean, I'm assuming that he's, you know, the neighborhood drug dealer or, you know, numbers runner or, you know, some some dude of ill repute. But he's still at the party. He's still like there's no part of their community that's ostracized. Mm. And at the very beginning, when Letty says that she wants to open up the make it a boarding house and it's just like, okay, well, you know, they they. You know, the white folks ran the other people out when there's just some, they put in an apartment or something. And Lady says there's strength in numbers. Mm-hmm. Theme of the episode. So many themes of the episodes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. There's strength in numbers. And it's, it's, a, it's a great point that no matter who that guy is, if he's running numbers or, or the drug dealer or whatever, like he just like we talk about the monsters in this world being less dangerous than the white people um this this uh the drug dealer is less dangerous than all the white people you know and that's like, like <laughs> in the, uh, particularly in that case but like that's the, uh, the like you said it's the community and they have to stay bound together to be able to resist the Horrible racism on the outside. It made me incredibly sad in a, a moment similar to in the first episode when they had all those the, the, those wonderful vignettes that like mm-hmm. really drove home the racism of of the oppressive nature of the racism. Sort of a microcosm of that for me was when uh, there's a cross burning on their lawn, which from our context now and from their context too, but like the white culture of that time is probably not viewing it this way, but like, that's a horrifying symbol of racism. And they, and so we see this like horrible thing that has just happened. This is a hate crime, uh, but they don't have that concept yet. Uh, well, I think they do. It just didn't bother. Them. <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah. Well, they knew, they knew what they were doing they just yes it was just more okay to do i guess right right i i guess i mean like the 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 white neighbors and stuff probably look at don't look at that and go they probably look at that and go oh good maybe they'll leave oh, yeah like right yeah, I, yeah. I, did, I guess i don't mean uh, the protagonist of the story but when they show the, the part that really got me was when they pull up the police pull up and they hear them pulling up and letty and all her friends get on their knees and put their hands behind their head it was amazing. And she went out there with the bat. She kind of gives Tick a look. And Tick mobilizes the troops, get the shotguns. And they didn't, all they did was give her the space to unleash her rage. They didn't, you know, they didn't attack the cars. They didn't, uh, you know, chase after the guy who lit the fire. They just stood there and effectively shielded her while she went, uh, <laughs> uh, in our house, we call it Blazaga. Blazaga. <laughs> All right. <laughs> she went Blazaga, as, as in the, the, the 
powerful ice spell from Kingdom Hearts. <laughs> when you just wreck shop, she just went Blazaga on the cars. I dig it. Her sister got in the car, drove the car up, they, they threw the cars in the trunk, everybody. And it's like, how fucked up is it that everybody knows their parts? Everybody knows, like, this is like something that's been yes. rehearsed. Yeah, it, like, it's like a fire drill or whatever. Yes. It's just like, you just know that, you know, it, just like she said, there's strength in numbers. It's like, oh, the white yeah. people are attacking us. You know, you, somebody needs to get the car, somebody needs to get the guns. Yep. Uh, here, they, here they come, everybody on your knees. And then if I'm not mistaken, they throw the guns in the car when the police arrive, right? Yeah, yeah. They, they, they threw the guns in the trunk of the car and, uh, not Rose. Who's his? Yeah, sister is Rose, right? Oh, gosh. No, yeah, I don't know, to be honest. <laughs> Her sister drove the car up. They do the, they do the guns in the trunk, and she sped off so that they wouldn't have guns on them. Yes. The so they bat, can't, can't get charges. The bat the, <laughs> lady threw the bat at the white neighbors, or in front of, to the, like, at the feet of the white neighbors. Yeah. And then, of course, you've also, on top of the cross burning, you have the, the signs all over the lawn that say the undesirables must go. Sure. It's just... Uh, the the oppressive nature of race of like the bald racism in this world and of course the white guys with the horns I thought it was an interesting thing for Tick's character when he's re- and it's funny I said it before he said it which I was uh, <laughs> uh, Tick was talking about leaving and he's like ready to go he's gotta uh, go back right. gotta go back and then these uh, white guys show up on their lawns with the horns and he says I guess I'm sticking around for a while. Yeah. As soon as those guys came out, I was like, Tick, Tick's not leaving. No way. <laughs> There's no way he's leaving. And then he's like, I guess I'm sticking around for a while. It's like, yep, that's the man he is. I have some big picture questions. Like like one or two for the episode and, and a couple for like okay. the season, I guess. So the ghost the Alright, so the the opening at the beginning of the episode, the first weird thing that happens is the elevator. Um, when when Letty's showing her sister the house, but that could easily be explained. The elevator's wonky. No, an actual ghost ghost doesn't appear until after Tick is in the house. Could mm. his magic? Because his magic have somehow activated them, or did Christina activate them, or? No, those are only two wars. But but my second thing is, what is Christina's like? What was what was she hoping would happen with this? Well, that's a good question. She says that this guy. I didn't I, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think she said that the guy who was doing these experiments had some pages of the book, right? The, the book guy, of Adam. A or, a guy, possibly. Um, one of the guys. Uh, one of the sons of Adam, Adams stole some pages from the book, and the guy who's doing the experiment, ex- Winthrop stole the pages. And this oh, the and this is the Winthrop house. So this it's guy the doing the house. experiment had nothing to do with it, supposedly. Well, but well, he, he was an acolyte. He was an acolyte of Winthrop. He was he was a he was a follower of Winthrop. The okay, that scientist doctor guy. Okay, so we do we do know that that he she did she did say that. Yes, she she said that. She said that. There was a. Th- this is when she was giving her um, 
her villain's monologue. Yeah. Um, well, it, it has something to do with the language of Adam, too, because there's clearly at the end of the episode, after these ghosts have all been exercised, um, clearly something is up with the elevator at the end of the episode, it still drops those bodies at the bottom and it shows the bodies, you know, from who knows how many bodies are down there. I mean, clearly the, just the, the regular elevator doesn't go down there. It, it like, we see like it passes some runes and stuff. And yes. that's what makes me think, is it, is it, I mean, we associate that, I guess, with the, it looked to me similar to the little, illuminated markings on the doors of like the, when uh, Christina would throw up a force field. Yes. So, I can so totally see some that. Interdimensional it was a thing, lang- it's the language of Adam, which, right. which, which they talk about, which we, we may or may not have an expert on the language of Adam coming on the podcast. <laughs> Whoa. Is that a real thing? Apparently it's like an occult thing and I haven't gotten a chance to talk to him much about it. Uh, but one of our, one of our friends of the network who has been a supporter of the uh, one of my other podcasts for a long time called me and apparently he like knows a lot about the language of Adam. So I, I don't know if he's listening to this now. More on that later because I don't know for sure yet. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I'll, uh, we'll talk about it off cast. It's, it's, it's really interesting. Um, so I'm hoping that can happen because that would be just fun, weird inside information about this story. Uh, because apparently, wow. apparently, I guess they're, they're clearly like... St- Apparently, the language of Adam is an occultic thing that is that existed prior to Lovecraft, and Lovecraft used it, or something like that. Anyway, I'm completely. Huh. The reason we might have him on is because I'm completely uh, know nothing about it. Right. So I think that something to do with the language of Adam. See, but I, I just don't understand. It seems an unnecessarily complicated plan because she basically she she already had access to the house. Uh, why would she bring Letty into it? Why would she bring? And I, I mean, if she's using it to get Tick into it, uh, again, why? I, I like, think there, that's a great question. Uh, if I had to just like throw out a guess, if if please. just like if I'm head canoning this, right? If mm-hmm. if they were to never explain it, and I have to, uh, it seems like this is some sort of rival group because these are the ones who stole the pages from her father. Um, or tie, for stole the pa- her, someone in this group. I gotta rewatch that scene because they said that he stole the pages from Titus so that he th- could yes. try to um, manufacture his own cipher for the language of Adam. Yes. Uh, so That's it correct. seems to me that those would be antagonistic relationships between those two houses of what the Winthrop house and the Titus house would be against each other. In if, if in that in that order of order of Adam or whatever it's called, um, in in the, in that case, my guess would be that like she can't interfere directly without reprisal, maybe, or like that something is keeping mm-hmm. like maybe there are still acolytes of of uh, Winthrop around, and she she can't get involved directly, or who knows, maybe she just that's too dangerous for her. And so she, she, like everyone else is not really valuing ticks life or Letty's life and sending them in to, uh, try to extract the information. It also seems like, and this, I I guess I'll save that to the end. It seems like she's also, she's got plans for tick. Let's just say that. Yeah. Above, above and beyond 
just this. Like she wants help finding the like deciphering the language of Adam. And I think and Tick is the last heir. And so like I think it has something to do with that. I think she thinks that he can help her decipher the language of Adam. And uh, (sighs) theories from last week really informed my watching of the uh, of the trailer for next week. By the way, I don't know if you saw next week's trailer yet. I think I mentioned that there was like an Indiana Jones kind of. Oh yes. Well, it looks like next week's episode. I've I've seen, or I saw a scene from that somewhere. Oh, okay. I'm not gonna preview something. Um, so, yeah. So that's the scene that I was talking about, or that's I guess this is the episode that I was talking about. Yeah. Where, okay. they're, where they're trying to. Uh, is there anything you, know, you want to say about the meat of this episode before we like just kind of get into all of that, like what might be going on with the overall season? I don't know if some people don't like to hear uh, about what the trailers. I guess, I guess my only other like um, randomized question was Hippolyta goes to this room with the golden, I guess that's like a, um, what do you call it? A helioscope, a helio, like a, a little map of the solar system. Right. 3d, 3d mobile of the solar system that seems to be calling to her in some way. And it cuts away before she touches it. Uh, what's up with that? I don't know. I have no idea. Uh, also, who was it that was ripping the pages out of the book? Was that was that Hippolyta? It was. So she's she doing was this... ripping. She was ripping out the pages to uh, Dracula to her George, to George's copy, favorite original book. copy, Dracula. yeah. And then she and I, at the end like gets another copy or something. I gotta I gotta rewatch. I've seen this episode yeah. twice and I'm it's a, it's I'm, I, I'm missing I, pieces. She she was ripping out the pages, and I took that when I watched it as just grief because again it's about the story of this man who comes back from the dead and she knows that something is off with the way he died, but she can't quite put. So she just she's just you know she's grieving. I just took that as grieving. But my wife, when she watched it, she was like, "No, I think there was something." She that like she was kind of entranced. Yeah, I thought I thought that she looked entranced. That's what I what I assumed as well. But I don't know for, from what. And and then late, later we find out, and this may have this may have no connection whatsoever. But later on we find out that this whole Winthrop House or whatever was established, or like this part of the order was established by stealing pages from the book of Adam. And for some reason that made me think that that had something to do, that might have something to do with Hippolyta ripping pages out like some sort huh. of, so I, that, that, that seems stretchy to me, but well, it did come it, to mind. It kind of does, but it did occur to me too. Like when I watched it the second time. Okay. Uh, I don't know what it, uh, yeah, I, I trust the show to, to tie all these threads together. I do but, too. I, to be honest, I, I don't think I caught the globe thing, at least as 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 um, being important on a first watch. I, I, I need I, to go back. I didn't either. Again, my wife mentioned it. I was like, what are you talking about? She's like, well, the thing. And, the, and then on the second episode, I was the second watch. I, I was like, yeah, she's absolutely right. Because she's looking for when she's looking for the kids. She thinks they might be in the attic, but instead the door to the room opens and she goes in there. 
Just like you, I think I chopped up all of Hippolyta's strange activities to grief. Like, I think that, that when I saw her walk into the room with the globe, I was just like, she's looking introspective, whatever. But now, now that thinking about her feeling like she's in a trance when she's ripping that book up, I'm like, maybe that was... Maybe there is some sort of trance going on. Maybe she's possessed by the ghost of Winthrop. If that if that's yeah. true, and I call it or that, Hannah, Hannah. Which one's Hannah? Sorry, Hannah. Hannah is the is the uh, enslaved ancestor who. Oh right, that's right. Who basically? Who I'm pretty sure stole the book. That's right. Oh wait, so that's the book of Adam, probably. I think they they didn't say so, but she is holding a book. She escapes into the night. I'm I'm gonna say I think you're absolutely right, which means not only has her lineage been growing outside in the world this whole time, uh, which led to Tick, but what if Tick has more family or like if not family family, Mm. what if he has spiritual family that like Hannah Hannah gave that book to? What if there's what if there's a group out there that has been working on spells and deciphering the language of Adam all this time? I don't know. That would be awesome. Yeah. Magical it. Wakanda. Yeah. Magical Wakanda. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. I can't I can't even uh <sighs> I'm very upset about uh Chadwick Bozeman. Um yeah. We, we did a podcast about it this week and like, I just like, I, I, I still can't think about it without like getting choked up. Um, it's, it's just, just to say it, his, his, um, the sacrifices he made to, to do the things he did in the, the later parts of his life. I feel like the fact that he kept all that a secret so that I, I think in part to like make sure that the black Panther we all saw seemed it strong and invulnerable. Cause I think like if he had told everyone he had cancer, he would have like, um, sort of, uh, taken the spotlight away from exactly the, the story. He would, he, instead of making himself the story, he would have, his cancer <laughs> yeah. would have become the story. And instead of letting that happen, he told the stories he wanted to tell before he died. And that is like, that is from an artist perspective and from like a man's perspective, just a person, not man as in man, but yeah, from a person just like that is such a sacrifice and such a like giving action. Um, and I'm, I'm blown away by it. Uh, the fact that none of us even knew until now is, is man, it keeps just coming back to me and making me so sad. So he did black Panther. He did civil war. You know, there's one thing to do like an indie film and then, you know, you do it and then you and then you go home and you wait for it to come out. You do a Marvel movie, you gotta do the press, you gotta do the junkets, you gotta yeah. do fly, you know, from country to country to country, get interviewed, you know, thirty times in a row, you know, by everybody by everybody, because it's a Marvel movie, not just a Marvel movie. It's Three of the biggest movies of all time. Right. <laughs> it's two of them literally the most money making movies of all time. Yeah. Like and, For sure. and and Black Panther was not know, that far behind. Like it's right up there. Um the three oh, of yeah. the biggest movies of all time. And like I, I yeah. It's it's insane. The, the amount of work that goes into those things, the amount of press, like you said, and the amount of like physicality that he had to do all while going through whatever 
kind of treatment yes. or pain he was in. I mean, it, nothing but love. Nothing but love, for sure. Um, just, just oof. anyway. Sorry, that's a complete departure. We can get back to talking about Lovecraft Country. I just <laughs> you said magical Wakanda, and I can't not say something about uh, Mister Bozeman. Sure. Uh, just I've been on my mind all week. I think all all of our so, mind, all of us geeks' minds. Yeah, I just I going back to the show. I I love the speculation part, but right. I don't feel like I have enough clues. Right to really make any smart guesses yeah i don't like last episode i think you came up with it and i guess let's just get into it so if you don't want any spoilers we're gonna we'll, we'll spoil we'll, we'll not uh but i think you're based on the trailer for next week i think your call last week informs a lot of this the idea that william and christina might be the same person because mm-hmm. if you notice like this this week, they had that final scene where he tracks down Christina, and uh, you know he, he, she she's very antagonistic uh, with that li- that line. You have to be smarter than this. You know you can't go around killing white women. Like that's just fucking ugh. It's just so so like taunting and antagonistic. Well, yeah. So he pulled out the gun, like, and I was like, "Oh shit, she's she's gonna shoot the bad guy." That's all right. Well, that's new, man. He can't. Now, is that because of something that she just did? Because we know that she could cast spells pretty effortlessly. Is that something she did in the moment? Is that something that she did back at the mansion? Mm. Is that some byproduct of whatever she did to the ring, where now he's somewhat under her control? Yeah. All right. So here, that, I, I mean, here, here's my theory. Go ahead. You're right, and he can't hurt her for some reason. Like he has a spell that he cannot harm her. Right. Yeah. And they're gonna play both sides. This is what I think the the trailer next week shows. As 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 um as Bester from Babylon Five would say, he hit her. She hit him with an Asimov. <laughs> I have not seen Babylon Five, uh, but that's cool that you're a fan. Uh, one of my podcast partners, Matthew West Fox, uh, is a huge fan. He'll get that one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I think the idea that William and Christina are the same person is spot on. I think it's a great call. And I think that based on the trailers next week, William is going to ask for uh, his help to find the book or whatever. Like mm-hmm. which should help decode the language of Adam, uh, which I think there's sort of a good cop, bad cop thing happening here, but they're the same person and they don't know it. So she's like sort of playing them <laughs> against each other because she's acting all like, yeah, I, you do what I say because I say and you're and I have power over you. And then I think you're going to have William come into the picture and be like. All right, I just I, I I think I can help you guys, or like you know, be on their side, kind of good cop bad cop thing, and yeah. then get them to go, and then the the reason they're gonna realize that the same person is his tick's gonna go to kill him, and can't, and it's gonna be like you know you mm. can't kill me. Oh, that would be good. That'd be a good reveal. That's just my that's my big swing. We we like to do big swings on the MCU cast. We're like, what's your big swing for this movie? <laughs> it's gonna be this crazy thing is gonna happen. <laughs> I like it. I like it. That's, that is specific. I I I, I support you. I support it. I support your call. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. But yeah, I th- I think the idea of the, her playing both sides and like kind of getting them to do what she wants through like the carrot and the stick and then being two separate people 
is going to be super fun to watch. I don't think it would work. I don't think it could be good cop, bad cop in that way. I think it could be like, uh, like if she appears as William and she's like, or he, William is like, uh, yeah, I know you don't trust Christina and I know you don't want to help her, but, uh, whether you want to help her or stop her, finding the book is still your best bet. Our only hope is if we find it first, then we can take her down. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Or like, uh, yeah, yeah, he could con- try to convince them that like, yeah, I was never actually with them. They had me, you know, they had, they had control over me out there and I'm trying to stop them as much as you are. So, you know, there could be all kinds of kind of things to do. Mm-hmm. It just looks like next episode. That's the thing that I took away is the next episode. He comes to try to ask for his help. Oh, by the way, speaking of the trailers, the last time, the last time on thing at the beginning, like the previously mm-hmm. on, they drove home really hard that George dying was Tick's fault. Did you notice that? No. Yeah, they they make a really strong case. Like everything in the last time on was Tick making decisions that led to George's death. Um, And I think it was supposed to set up that Tick feels guilty. But then they didn't really do much with that in this episode. The big thing that I got from uh, the previously on was, by the way, don't forget, Liddy died. Like she died, died. Oh. She straight up died. Man, I saw that, but the first thing it shows is him making the decision where he says, I will let you decide who will die because of your error in judgment. And then he glances at George and he says, okay, and shoots him. And then the next thing it shows is him is, is uh, Christina telling Tick that if you go through with the ceremony like you're supposed to, he is a man of his word and he will save your uncle. And then it shows him mm. disrupting the ceremony. So like it, to me showing those two scenes one after the other, and then it shows George die. And then it shows him kneeling by his car yelling, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I was like, I didn't really even catch how responsible tick would feel in the, if that sort of course of events happened, but like they made a really strong case in the trailer, but then they didn't really do anything with it in this episode. So I thought it was a weird connection to, I felt like they forced on me at the beginning of the episode. Yeah, that's that's interesting. I didn't think of it as focusing on it being Tick's fault. It's uh, I just and uh, there's a very good chance you're right. I was just looking at it as like the major events. Like this is what happened. This is uh, Uncle George got killed. Uh, Tick got saved. Ish. Well. Sort of saved by Christina and really saved by Hannah. And that, yeah, I took the glance over at George. I mean, I definitely think it was, you know, unconscious. He looked at the person that he cared about more, which is what, okay, well, that's the guy I need to shoot. But it also lets you know that when, and it's it's the way they started this episode, um, it, it, it wasn't clear really how much time had passed no it from wasn't the, end of the last episode but they catch you up fairly quickly like various characters say you know it's been a few weeks blah, 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 so you know it's been about a month at this point um, yeah because because like the you know tick and 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 d are in the other room and it's like hey let's make breakfast like what how how long has how long has it been it seems like it's just been a couple weeks he says something to that effect he says i was supposed to be gone 
from my work for a couple of days and now I've been gone a month. I think he says. Yeah. Yeah. It's been, it's been, it's been about a month. I think. And, and his tick's been staying there for weeks, almost a yeah. month. So yeah, yeah. Yeah. So one really interesting part I thought, and he even calls it out a couple of interesting tick things. Um, there's the moment he talks about in Korea where there's the, he says excessive heat and noise, the same tactics mm. we use in Korea. And she says, for what? And it was like, and then he kind of shut up and it yeah. was like him showing a little bit of the darkness that he went through in Korea, which we've already seen with him flashing to that woman that he kills, at least in the vision and possibly in life, but maybe not. Uh, did you say you you said you looked up the actresses. I didn't look her up, but okay. I watched them again, and the the woman who plays the the red princess in his dream, the princess of Mars, in his at the very beginning in that dream, um, it looks like the same actor. Yeah. Okay. Um, who is uh, attacks him in the room, and I presume is the one that he calls on the phone. But we don't know yet. Yeah, which uh, another thing about that dream, uh, we find out where that Jackie Robinson <laughs> yeah. came from in his dream. It's it's a story his dad and uncle used to t- or his uncle used to tell. And his dad was telling it yeah. in his own dream. And then he says, you know, uh, mysterious stranger came in like Jackie Robinson and hit him. Um, that was uh, yeah, so that's and he's like, I've even dreamed about it. So you have that kind of confirmation of that dream in the first episode, or like I guess explanation, nice confirmation. Yeah, and I didn't think about it until you just said this, but uh, yeah, Montrose was dreaming about it too. So I wonder if he was also having some whacked out, vivid sci-fi monster dream. Yeah, that's a good point. Maybe even the same dream. Yeah, right. That would be that'd be nuts. Uh, does Jackie Robinson say anything in the first episode when he steps in? Yeah, he says, "I got you, kid." Okay, he does. Yeah, he says exactly that. And I also, side note, and I don't know if it'll mean anything at any point, but again, upon second watch, I can see more details. George and Tick have this voracious love of books and literature. And when you go, when they go to um, Montrose's, I'm assuming apartment, when you go to Montrose's apartment, he's got albums. He's got rows mm. and rows and shelves and shelves full of albums. And I, um, I think like some soul music is playing when Tick walks in and he wakes Montrose up and he wakes up, he changes and he, and he puts on like some opera. So his he's he's just as much a a lover of all kinds of music and i'm making kind of a leap here and i don't even know if it matters well i think it's a great point (laughs) well i think it also shows if nothing else he's not well you said who put on the who put on the opera was montrose did montrose did yeah okay uh yeah i was just like my first thought was they're kind of all nerds, like we talked about last few weeks. Yeah. And maybe Montrose is not so much. He's the guy who's into music and soul music and stuff. But if he's putting on opera, he is kind of a nerd. Yeah. He's a, <laughs> he's a music nerd. <laughs> yeah. I like it. I like it a lot. Yeah. Th- there's a whole lot that goes on character wise in this episode that I, none of it's connecting for me yet. Like, uh, 
Hippolyta and whatever's going on with her. And uh, like mm. you mentioned, Letty being a, a virgin and needing to feel something like all this stuff is happening. The stuff with her sister um, and her mom having left her money instead of her sister and the kind of unstable relationship with their mother, like all that stuff mm. I feel like is interesting and, and like worthy of talking about, but I don't have anything to say about it yet because I feel like there's just not, we like have insufficient information. Like I feel like all those plot lines are heading somewhere, but I don't know what, where. Yeah. Shout out to Letty for staying a virgin, even though she, you know, is clearly into parties and like kind of the bohemian lifestyle. And upon her decision to not be a virgin, she's not a virgin. And it's, I just, I, I just loved it. I just, I loved that she's reclaiming herself. Like, because I, I like tick assumed that she wasn't because, you know, she's the fun loving girl, but also this is the fifties, you know? Yeah. That is immediately what I assumed when she was bleeding. It occurred to me. I was surprised that didn't occur to tick. Yeah. But I didn't assume it beforehand. And I, like, yeah. and even one of them says, one of the guys before that scene, one of the guys says, um, oh yeah, me and her used to tussle. Are you going to, uh, yes. make a move? Cause I'll make a move if you don't. We used to tussle. Used to tussle. I was just, you know, it sounds like she's, you know, yeah, whatever. But yeah, so she, she does kind of come off as a party girl, but we know she's a nerd. I mean, <laughs> I'm not, not, not too surprised. No, I'm just teasing. Uh, nerds get a bad rep. Uh, well, nerds get a virgin rep, I guess. Uh, but man, yeah. you go to any of these comic book conventions, you'll see you'll see how freaky nerds get. Um, <laughs> I feel that we've veered onto a tangent. Oh, oh, for sure, for sure. <laughs> but yeah, I just I I love that she, uh, like she doesn't feel ashamed about it afterwards. She doesn't feel guilty. She doesn't make Tick feel like shit. Tick doesn't feel like shit. Like I mean, it's it is. Two adults, like making at a, in the midst of all this other shit, they made a decision, and like, like, uh, I, I just feel like it's so often, like one way or another, there's finger wagging, absolutely, or, or, or you know, someone is made to feel bad about something. Yeah, and the, and there's there's not here. It's not you know she made she, and also, and if you think back to the to the uh the previous episode with the um uh the vision the the fantasy hallucination deal in the room um you know it was also a lovey-dovey moment between her and and fake tick and she's she was stopping him she's like no this isn't right this isn't right hmm. even though you know romantic setting it was a big bed he was saying all the right things she she no it's not it's no yeah and it's probably partially like she you're right i like that she's kind of owning her sexuality here and she she very much chooses to do what she chooses to do and and doesn't regret it she says she doesn't regret it she doesn't feel make him feel guilty for it it's it's a thing that she chose to do and the, and the, and the narrative also doesn't treat it as if she's done something horrible she doesn't die uh, you know it is a horror movie after all um right so and she's no longer a bird, so she's not she's not protected. Yeah, she's no longer from, safe from monsters. Exactly. Yeah. So, they, they think that red uh, the, the the blood on the goat's blood protects them, but we there's a different thing that actually protects them. 
Um. <laughs> uh, speaking of ghost blood. Yeah. <laughs> speaking of ghost blood, what a, what a beginning to a sentence. Speaking of ghost blood. <laughs> once again, the monsters have rules. Right? The monsters can't attack them if they kill the white guys. But the ghosts couldn't attack them as long as they had the marks on. Here's the rule. You got a mark on. So the, the ghost has to follow the rules and wash off the marks before it can attack. Yep. I love that. I love I too. in-universe consistency. And even even in that, like you know, we talked about last week, the, go, the, the, um, the monsters have rules. The white people don't. And like yeah. these white people are literally breaking into their house. They're, they're, they're calling them the undesirables. They're calling them the bad thing for the neighborhood, but they're the ones breaking into the house right. to do violence, you know? The black people followed every rule. Yep. They paid for the house. They did, you know. Yeah. Mm. The society's just completely bent against them. No rule is established that is, like, protecting them in actuality. I, I think that's going to be continue to be a theme for sure. That is accurate, yes. <laughs> Uh, well, uh, I, I, that's about everything I had in my notes. Uh, she says at the end of the uh, of the episode, Christina says, "Shall I continue the lesson?" <laughs> Talking yeah. about the lesson of the history, but I think that also like portends what is coming uh, from either her or her William half, because I'm just assuming that's true now. Um, <laughs> like fully, fully assuming that's true. Uh, like, I think that's where we're going. I think she's trying to lead Tick. Da- Another thing it said in the trailer was um, the blood is the key to finding the book, the pages. Um, your your blood. Oh, blood. Yeah. <clears throat> so it's very possible that finding the book is somehow like that's that may be one of the reasons she's keeping him involved in all of this is because mm-hmm. she needs his blood. Uh, in some way, she's testing him. I will be a little annoyed if we don't find out why exactly she used him for this particular task him and letty and not didn't just do it herself because it does feel a little like oblique like you said you know like it's just not really like a direct path to getting those pages how listening <laughs> yeah, to I, this house. I mean and there's no i mean i again i'm trusting the show to make it make sense but that's like three levels of subterfuge yeah for <laughs> kind of a result that you could have gotten easier if you if you just wanted to kill tick and letty you didn't have to have them give her money to buy this house and then have ghosts do it well you know i mean we've seen that pretty much white people can kill black people and it's well i don't think she wants to kill let kill i didn't think she wanted to kill letty i think she wanted to kill uh here we go i think she wanted to kill the ghost Maybe so, so, may, that. so that she can search that house. Like we saw that this ghost was not a respecter of race or like whatever. Like he killed the white guys too, or or something is in that house. And it, that's the other thing is whatever's in that house doesn't seem like it's over, right? Like mm-hmm. there's something deeper in that house even after this uh, crazy mad scientist guy. What's his name's Foyer? We're not Foyer. <laughs> that's that's a. Uh... Uh, I don't remember, but okay, I don't yeah. know what you're talking about. Whatever. The, 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 the mad scientist evil person. Um, yeah. He's gone, and at the end of the episode, those bodies are thrown at the bottom of the uh, elevator. And it also, all the bodies that are down there are picked completely clean. They're, they're just bones. And it, I'm really curious, actually. I wondered if it was eight bodies. 
It looked it like more. more. I thought it so too. Like, but I just rewatched. I just rewatched it just now, and it doesn't look like as many as I. Well, originally I just saw the distance in the cave, and I thought it was a lot more. But it's. I'm not sure. I'm. I'm, I'm watching it right now. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. See. I think. I think. It's, I think it's more. I think it's more because if they said they found eight bodies. Oh, did they? Presumably, they that's removed right. eight bodies. That's right. You you are absolutely right. That I, it, it's, it, yeah, that hallway goes down, and and not just that the hallway is there or the tunnel is there, but like the lights come on. I'm like, okay, are those lights just coming on for our benefit as the audience, so we can see that it's a long tunnel, or right. is someone down there or something down there that's gone down the elevator? Actually, you know what? You know. Oh, you got it. Did you solve it? Oh. <laughs> All right, I'm, I'm ready. <laughs> All right, so we know Christina is a master of illusion. Right. Uh, she's the invisible so woman heading down there. I think she's an invisible woman. I think she got into the elevator, and she turned it, mm-hmm. and she went down there. And he, like the little things lighting up was because she was able to access and break these barriers because she said that he hid them in some, and actually, no, she said her father hid his in an impenetrable vault or something like that. And so I think those lights were, were runes or whatever. That was a protection barrier that, you would have to be a Christina level wizard or witch to get past. I think she's in the elevator. She goes down. She turns on the lights. We see her perspective. I love that. I think that's not. I a, think she's about to search the catacombs of the the Winthrop house. And in that case, I think the, the the plan is here. So so we know that Tick and Letty got sent in sent in with these uh, vampire monsters in the first episode. They made it out. They 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 killed off the baddies that they needed to kill off. They go into this uh, the house of Adam or whatever, and they kill off these uh, these these wizards. And now she's like she knows the protection that Tick's blood is giving him. Maybe. Mm. And she's like, I need this ghost gotten rid of and I'm going to send this powerful being who doesn't even understand his power fully. I'm going to send him in there. That would seem very Christina. And we also like um, she says uh, you know, most most of the sons of Adam just kind of have one thing they master one spell they get to they get one spell that they're good at right and we've seen her do at least four well i think they say they invent one spell in their lifetime because they have to they have to decipher so like i think they can know more than one spell but i think that like he was best known for the spell of invulnerability um and and I, i think that the idea is if they can fully decipher at the the a book of Adam or the language of Adam, they can actually speak into existence anything they want. And then they will fully mm. be able to have like magic will open up to them in a way that now it's sort of like hidden behind this uh, veil of language that they can't actually interpret. Can we also just, can we just acknowledge uh, the, the, the truth of how these people who literally have everything, Aside from being actually physically wealthy uh, and magical, apparently, this is not enough for them. Like they, <laughs> <laughs> like, 
I also need to live forever and and enter paradise. Well, at some point, you you know, we all as human beings strive to overcome something. Like it's like our it's in our it's in our DNA to always push to be a little bit stronger, a little bit better, a little like fight the demon in front of us, right? And when you get to that level of wealth, you like start to invent your demons. And instead of embracing the idea of life, you just start thinking, well, this life is so good. I want to stay forever. Or in in the case of many of the people in the story, they start turning or in, in, in life, rich folks start turning on the people below them saying they're now the enemy, you know, I took it as again, in the context of this show, uh, just the, the, the whole kind of manifest destiny of, all of this is ours. We deserve everything. Mm-hmm. Well, like, well, of course we should get more. We should get it all. Yeah. Well, and I think I don't, I, I am hoping right now we only kind of see Christina by her actions and the rest of it is kind of mystery. I, the only thing that we saw that wasn't part of her plot that she did was give birth to the, uh, Shigoth, is that what they're called? I think so, yeah. Or help, help to birth the Shigoth. Yeah. And she seemed really moved by it, which is, you know, you would think would be out of character, but clearly it's not. So it's, she's a very interesting. Like, she, in a, in a series of rounded characters, she, to me, is the most, I don't say intriguing, She's obscured because I don't think she's um, a flat character or a. She's the most perplexing. Is yes. it, I guess I was, and I, I don't think that's a bad thing. Like I, she's the one that I think I have figured out the least. Absolutely. Again, not that any of the characters simplified, but right. I, I can kind of guess what they're going to do or what their motivations will be. Like I don't know what I don't know anything about her. Yeah, I do feel like some of the secrets that we have with Tick of like what went happened in Korea, what that phone call was about in the first episode, and I guess Hippolyta with these these tearing of the pages and the the glow. There's these things going on with these characters that like they seem fairly clear to us like tick seems very clear to me he's the good guy he's the guy who wants to do but i have a feeling there's something dark that happened in korea or something that he's not that we're not privy to yet that might change our perspective on him a little bit um at least complicate Mm -hmm. him and maybe there's something similar in her that we're but but yeah you're right right now we have almost nothing of about her like just we know nothing and because the world has been established as so black and white um, and the racism that has been so oppressive. Like you just assume she is going to be the baddie, you know, but who knows, you know, like (laughs) I just don't know. Maybe, maybe there is more depth to what she's doing. I just don't know. Yeah. At least I I think it's 10. I think most, most HBO does 10 and I'm pretty sure this is. I'm 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 hoping for ten because I hope to me, you know, Buffy the Vampire Slayer to bring it full circle is one of the it it is the gold standard of how you do um, serialized each episode monster of the week, but also a season long arc. Yeah, I completely agree with that. It is it is the is the perfect example of, of how you blend the two. And I like you. I'm getting strong Buffy vibes and I'm hoping that, um, 
And HBOs are actually usually pretty good about that. Like, uh, I don't, I'm not a fan of things ending on cliffhangers just because, you know, my heart's been broken too many times where the show just <laughs> isn't The problem with a cliffhanger for me, and it's pretty much all cliffhangers, there's no way to do, there's no way to come back strong because you do all this work to put your heroes in a place where you are emotionally and like, you know, I don't know, mentally wrapped up in what they're going through. You put them on the edge of a knife and then you take a season off or whatever, like take, take six months off. And it's just like, you got me there. I am on the edge of my seat waiting to see what happens. And you got me there. Instead of paying it off through something, you, you take it away and then come back six months later. And then you have to spend another 45 minutes like taking me off the edge of that night edge of my seat and then putting me back on and it almost never works. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I'm with you. I like, I like things to have a complete story to them. And there's some, there's some examples of some wonderful cliffhangers. Don't get me wrong. But Buffy, for instance, uh, Dawn's appearance at the end of season, uh, four, I think it is. Mm, Yeah. Four, Uh, five, five, six is glory. Seven is the trio, right? Yeah. No, 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 I'm wrong. Six is the trio. Five is glory. So four is where Dawn just shows up at the end of the season. Yeah. And Dawn's but, just a but, thing. Right. But that's, that's the thing. They, they've, they've defeated the monster for that season. Right. And it gives you a taste of if we come back, you'll find out what this is about. I was starting to th- doubt myself that maybe she comes, maybe she's in the first episode of it of season five, not the last episode of season four. Either way, no. <laughs> I she's at the end and they say, "Mom." Yeah, and you're like, <laughs> "What the?" Hmm? Yeah. yeah, clearly, I need to watch Buffy. Is what is? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> what I feel the universe is telling me. I feel bad because this other podcast already did uh, what I should have done. Uh, I think it's called buffering the podcast buff buffering, maybe still buffering. Maybe. I don't know. Anyway, there's a, there's a Buffy podcast. I I don't know if we've even talked about it. I'm a musician. That's like my main, th- my main gig. Um, mm-hmm. and, uh, <laughs> your gig is gigs. Yes. My gig is gigging. Uh, and what I, uh, what I've been doing lately is writing songs about episodes of things I like. So I just wrote a double album <laughs> about star Trek. <laughs> So I, I wrote each song okay. is about a Star Trek episode, but I, I tried to write most of them in a way that it was like, it's still just a song. Like it's still just a song about characters that you don't even have to know who they are. It's just a song about a guy going through a thing. Right. But if mm-hmm. you know the episode, it's just directly about that episode. Um, but I, uh, I wrote, I, I found out about this podcast where they're watching every episode of Buffy from the beginning to end. And they're writing a song about everyone. Wow. And I was like, why didn't I know? Why didn't I think of that five years ago or whatever? Like (laughs) that sounds great. And they're like doing full on recordings of these songs every week. And it's pretty awesome. I, uh, I, I, and I mean, I guess I am doing that currently with star Trek, but like, yeah, I just, I, I found out about that after I was already doing some of this and I was just like, man, that's such a good idea. (laughs) I love Buffy. I, I, that would give me an excuse to rewatch if I had like a reason to write a bunch of music or whatever. I want to do Firefly. Uh, actually, I want to write. I want to do a Firefly cast and write a write a song for every episode of that. You can do that. 
Yeah. That's, 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 like, that's like an album. That's a, that's a regular album. Exactly. 13 songs. Perfect. Yeah. Um, anyway, I guess, I guess we're done. I guess anything else you want to say about this episode? <laughs> Again, it's, a, it's not really a note worth mentioning, but I'll mention it because I wrote it down. <laughs> <laughs> the, the scene where uh, Tick eyes Letitia dancing with the other guy. Oh, yeah. And, and the dude is asking, uh, you know, so what's up with that? The song that Ruby is singing is Is You Is or Is You Ain't My Baby. Yeah. Which I only know from Tom and Jerry. That's <laughs> 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 classic Tom and Jerry episode. <laughs> That's it. I just, I loved that song from that cartoon and it made my, uh, it made my inside child smile. That's awesome. That's <laughs> I never awesome. thought about it in the actual context of an actual soul song or whatever as visually, viscerally as, as seen, you know, on the episode today. Suddenly but. you're like, why is Tom and Jerry so sexy now? <laughs> <laughs> well, Jerry, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I actually, that's a, uh, Another song in this episode that was really great is uh, I had it written down, but I deleted it because we were running so long. I was like deleting shit. But there's a song at the end when they're exercising the ghost that's something like um, Devil Leave Us or something like that. It was like a, a, a gospel oh, hymn. Yeah. But it was Stay down, we're going to tear your kingdom down. It was. Yeah, oh, that's, man. It. that's it. That scene, that is like she should win an Emmy. For that scene alone, that was amazing. I agree. Letty absolutely deserves an Emmy um, for this show. She is just absolutely killing it. That scene is amazing um, for a horror scene, especially. You know, and I, I'm glad they didn't do it because I, but I wanted it viscerally because he keeps saying, "Get out of my house, bitch! Get out of my house, bitch!" Mm-hmm. And I, it, it would have been out of character and it would have taken away from the moment. But then she turns around and she's like, get out of my house. And then he turns to dust or whatever or explodes or something. Something supernatural happens to him. Uh, I really wanted her to say bitch. But like I knew that it wouldn't Uh-oh. fit the scene. <laughs> but like he just well, she said, she, she said, get the fuck out of my house. That's pretty good. Oh, yeah, that's pretty good. That's pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> but I still wanted the bitch because he'd been saying it to her and I wanted it to just like to her to put it right back in his face. Like, no, you get the fuck out of my house, bitch. <laughs> like, but it, it was better without it. It was fully better without it. But I like, I still missed it. <laughs> like I was like, I wanted that, like, I wanted to put that little extra stank on it. I don't know. You wanted that closure. You wanted that bitch closure. <laughs> that bitch closure. <laughs> all right. Uh, all right, guys. Well, uh, can you throw out some plugs, John Irons? Where, where, where can people find you? I am uh, all over the Cosmic Potato Podcast Network. Um, I'm on uh, the flagship show, Cosmic Potato, um, various Star Trek shows. Uh, but my my baby, my claim to fame, is Captain Game Shows, the trivia and wordplay podcast. Uh, three rounds of fun, one round of improv, um, fun time had by all. You can check us out on Facebook, um, also on Twitter and Instagram at Captain Game Show. Yeah, it's really great, guys. Definitely check it out. Um, And as for me, uh, I do want to let you guys know one last time. This will be the last time I mention it. uh, Actually, I might mention it on the boys episode, which we have coming on Friday. Uh, But there are four days left to get my album on Indiegogo. The double album about Star Trek I was just talking about. uh, The 22 songs. 
20 of them about Star Trek, and then I got two secret tracks. That one's Marvel-themed and one's MCU podcast-themed, I guess. Uh, anyway, uh, it's uh, so check it out. Uh, it's You can go to strandedpanda.com slash new album. And uh, I got four days left. I'm 38% to goal. It's on Indiegogo. So I know what happens every time I do one of these kind of funding things. The very end, a bunch of people hit, like, oh, I meant to do that. So, like, if you're thinking about it, only four days left. So please <laughs> go do it. Um, thank you very much uh, for joining us today. Thank you, John. And uh, we'll be back with you soon to talk about episode four i loving this show can't wait bye thank you for listening to panda vision we are a member of the stranded panda network for all of our podcasts and other creative geeky projects check out strandedpanda.com Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.